All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. I uh, want to remind you, if you can lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he does sidelines for the Oregon State Beaver broadcast. He is Ron Callen with us on The Big Show. Hi, Ron. How are you today? Hey, great to be on your show, guys. Thanks for having me there in beautiful Salt Lake City. Love coming to Rice Eccles Stadium, but hey, we get you guys here this time. Well, Ron, talk about this uh, this version of the Beavers watching uh, from afar. It seems like, you know, yes, defensively they, they've had some struggles, but offensively they've got a couple of, of real dudes that have kind of come alive a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the bottom line about this version of the Beavers is Jonathan Smith, year two. Of course, he's a Beaver alum. He gets Corvallis. He's a great offensive mind. And in this second year, they are better. Last year... It was tough. I mean, the coverage was bare. Gary Anderson took off halfway through the season before, and it was a rough start. But uh, they are much better. They had a legitimate FBS uh, Pac-12 win last Saturday night at the Rose Bowl. And you brought up a couple of guys. How about Jake Luton, their quarterback, National Player of the Week, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week, 14 touchdown passes, no interceptions the first five games, which – you got to be impressed with. And then the guy he's throwing the ball to, Isaiah Hodgins, he's a junior. We want him to stay another year, but he's get, turning so many NFL scouts' heads. I don't know. He, he, he is a total difference maker on the offense for the Beavers. So, you know, I think Kyle Whittingham, uh, he talked about it. He, he gets it that they're better. And I think the big story of this game is going to come down to that Utah run defense because I have even brought up Artavis Pierce. If you're Mark Jefferson, the one-two punch of running back and, and a much improved offensive line. So uh, that's going to be the fascinating dynamic on Saturday afternoon at Reister Stadium, guys. How is this uh, tide being turned there? What, what's happening within the program to make it better? Well, I mean, for the first time, Jake Luton has the same head coach two years in a row. I mean, it's been such a, uh, you know, a musical chairs at the head coaching spot. Mike Riley leaves. Gary Anderson comes in. He leaves after two and a half. Corey Hall takes over for the last half of that season. And now Jonathan Smith and his coaching staff are trying to create what, really, what Kyle Whittingham has. Here he is in his 15th year in, uh, at the University of Utah. I mean, that breeds success. Having continuity, having guys who are great recruiters, and uh, I think uh, the Beavers, although they're, what, 95th in the FBS 130 poll right now, I mean, they've moved up a lot. I mean, that still sounds awful, right? But uh, uh, this is the start, to think, of something good for Oregon State. Because, remember, Mike Riley was there a long time. He had that continuity. He went to a bowl game every year. And when he left, uh, boy, I just dropped off the table. Ron, tell us, uh, you mentioned Isaiah Hodgins, uh, obviously. Tell us a little bit about his background, where he came from, what he's all about, because he's an absolute monster with already 43 receptions and nine touchdowns on the season. Yeah, and he's had two double-digit 10-reception games against Stanford and UCLA the last two weeks. Now, he grew up in uh, California, Southern California, and he's just a big kid. He's a big, strong kid. He's got good speed i wouldn't say he's a speed burner but he 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 is a disciplined wide receiver who runs great routes and he and jake luton have just great chemistry and if you watch the highlights from the ucla game look how accurate those two are not only in the in the routes that uh, 
uh, Isaiah Hodgins runs, but the passes that Jake Luton throws to him are just on the money. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to see us uh, have a quarterback who is so consistent. He kind of reminds me of a quarterback that the Beavs had who's now playing for the Minnesota Vikings, and that's Sean Mannion. Uh, I think he's actually got better speed as a runner than Sean Mannion. And uh, let's see how it all shakes out the rest of the season because, let's face it, this is the toughest game they'll have so far this year. Yeah, they played Oklahoma State, put 36 points up on them. But uh, Mike Gundy has, you know, his, his team played a great game in the season opener. And then, you know, the Beavers could very easily, guys, be 4-1. and one. I mean, the Hawaii loss, the last second loss, 31-28. The Stanford loss, the last second loss, 31-28. So, I mean, they're, they're on the right path. You know, Kyle Whittingham has talked about how the toughest offenses to stop are these balanced attacks that can do either one. You mentioned the running game. What makes that thing go? Because aren't, uh, aren't the Beavers averaging like 200 yards a game on the ground? Yeah, and Artavis Pierce, uh, you know, he and Jamar Jefferson share the starting duties. Jamar, who was the Pac-12 freshman of the year last year, kind of got dinged up, and so he's not 100%. He's going to be close on Saturday, but Artavis is averaging 7.7 yards per carry, uh, Jamar 5.3, and uh, I've got to give credit not only to these two talented running backs, but the offensive line under uh, offensive line coach Jim Mahalchik so much better and they've got a lot of experience guys they've got a senior at left tackle a senior at left guard and keep your eye on number 68 the right tackle brandon kipper he is the he is the real deal i mean he's 6 8 305 strong he's quick for a lineman and uh, I, I like the offensive line but everybody knows here comes utah what 53.8 yards a run per game. I mean, that's the ultimate challenge when you've got probably the best run defense maybe in America coming to your stadium. So I'm going to be fascinated to see what the offensive coordinator for the Beefs, Brian Lindgren, draws up to try to move that football on Saturday against the tremendous Utah defense. Ron Kellen with us, uh, sideline reporter for the uh, Oregon State Beavers. And uh, going off the field for a sec, Ron, and this is probably a, a question that's impossible to answer in, in just a couple of minutes, but I, uh, we're familiar with Scott Barnes down here. Obviously, he was, uh, used to be the athletic director at, at Utah State, and I saw some comments, comments from him the other day about uh, running a, a deficit in the athletic program and, and hoping to have that turned around by 2020 and a, a 40 $40 million, I think I read, uh, uh, deficit. Financially, what uh, what has been the issue at Oregon State that, that Barnes is trying to clean up? Well, I think that's one reason why Scott Barnes was hired uh, a few years ago to come in and turn not only the finances around, but continue to improve on the donations by Beaver Nation and the, the deep pockets that people, you know, they, they want to have people contribute to their school if they're alums, and uh, uh, that slid off a little bit, but I think it's on the comeback trail now. If you're familiar with Corvallis, you know that they built basically half a new stadium in 2002, and the other half of the stadium has not been built yet. That's probably the number one primary goal uh when it comes to fundraising, is to get the, the new side of the, the stadium uh, finished. They're going to turn it into not only a football stadium, but a multi-use stadium for the entire campus. But, uh, you know, a small market. Carvallis is a small market. And uh, there's, a, there's a school 47 miles to the south 
that has a big donor in Nike. I mean, the Beavers get money from Nike, too, but not to the same extent as the University of Oregon. So it's interesting having your rival just 47 miles away. And, uh, you know, you, hey, well, Oregon State women's basketball was awesome. Oregon State baseball wins the College World Series. I mean, we've got programs that are so successful. But, of course, the benchmark for any athletic program is football. And I, I think Scott Barnes is, is doing a good job in getting this turned around, getting it going on the right track. Ron, what's going on on the defensive side of the ball? What needs correcting there? You know, I think uh, the, the run defense is better. If you look at Hamaka Rashid Jr., who wears number nine, watch him on Saturday. He has uh, been in the backfield uh, with sacks. I mean, last year, I think the Beavers had – entire season, 24 tackles for a loss. They've got 31 already this year. They're much more active. They're bigger. They're stronger. They've had a couple of transfers. Avery Roberts sat out last year. He, he transferred to Nebraska. He's been one of the difference makers on defense. I think the, the weakest link for the Beavs, if you want to call it weak, is the defensive backfield. A lot of true freshmen and young players who are playing in, in, in the defensive backfield, and they're getting better every week. But uh, that, you know, hey, Utah's got a talented offense. It's going to be tough to see if the Beavers can slow them down. You mentioned that Jonathan Smith uh, went to school there and, and played there and knows how to win there. And, you know, you look at the history of, of Beaver football and a couple of coaches, Mike Riley won a lot of games there. Going back to Dennis Erickson won a lot of games there. Has there been kind of a common thread? What is that way uh, for the, the, to coach the Beavers to win? You know, uh, when Jonathan Smith was the quarterback, uh, Dennis Erickson was his coach, and he learned a lot from Dennis. When he first uh, uh, was hired, he brought in Dennis Erickson and Mike Riley. In fact, Mike Riley was a tight ends coach on the, uh, year one, but then he got a job as a head coach on the uh, ill-fated league. That He was the head coach in San Antonio, and now Mike Riley is the offensive coordinator for the Seattle XFL team which will begin in February. But uh, both of those guys, I think, brought a sense of, hey, don't panic. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a process to get things going in the right direction. And that's exactly what happened. If you remember the 2000 uh, Fiesta Bowl, Dennis Erickson was the coach. Jonathan Smith was the quarterback, and the Beavs trounced Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, like 41-9. to nine. So he, he's, he's seen success last weekend. It was fun for Jonathan. He grew up around Pasadena, and he had a chance to coach that big win over UCLA. Yeah, granted, uh, uh, Chip Kelly's been scuffling down in Southern California, but Beaver Nation loved the fact for the first time they beat Chip Kelly. They never did when he was coaching Oregon. So that was a feather in their cap. And the other thing to keep an eye on is the special teams coach, for the Beavers is Jake Cookus. He, you never know he's going to come up with something special. I don't know if you watch the highlights, but there was an important play in the game when the Beavers were up 14 to nothing. A drop kick, pooch kick on the kickoff. The Beavers recovered it, and they got up 21 nothing. And uh, the game wasn't over, but they certainly got up to a great start. And uh, then, you know, not, not, didn't really hold off UCLA. I mean, they beat them by 17, 48, 31. Two questions, really. For our listeners who have never been to Corvallis, what's it like? And what's the, if you were put in charge of recruiting, what would your recruiting pitch be for the Beavers? Well, the thing about Corvallis, I mean, the state of Oregon, of course, 
it's gorgeous, right? I mean, you've got the beaches, about a 65-minute drive from the campus. You can go up into the mountains and go to the Sisters Mountains or Mount Washington in about an hour and a half. So I would throw that at them. But I would also throw, and I think this is what the coaches do uh, for families, this is a family atmosphere. It's the number one college town of the Pac-12, according to a couple of websites. It is a city of 60,000 people, easy to get around in. And on campus, it is a family atmosphere. And I think that is one of the pluses. Uh, why it, it's, you know, in the old days, oh, you can never, uh, you know, uh, recruit to a place like Corvallis or Pullman. It's just the end of the world. But no longer. In fact, you can fly, get a charter and fly the team right back to the Corvallis airport now. So that's not uh, an impetus to keep them away. I, you know, I think it's a lifestyle thing, too. You want to live in the small town or the big city? And uh, a, lot of, a lot of families think it might be a better situation for their young man or woman uh, depending on what sport they're playing, to, to come to a place like Corvallis. It's worked for women's basketball at Oregon State. They've made the Sweet 16 the last uh, four years, and they went to the Final Four in 2016. And it's, they, they just spout about you know, how great the family atmosphere is in the Willamette Valley and in Corvallis. And you know what, guys? There are a lot of great breweries in Corvallis as well. You know, it, it's, it's, of course, Oregon and Portland, there's Beervana here, you know, when it comes to craft beer, so... Uh, that is something that I, I, that would be my pitch. Well, I think uh, you nailed it with me with breweries, uh, Ron. I think you got me. Jake's on his way up there right now. <laughs> I, uh, we'll uh-huh. see you. Hey, when, when can I enroll? Uh, hey, on, Ron, thank hey, you. you. You bet, guys. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, so, thank you, Ron. Thank you very much. Sorry, you had to I, throw I that mean, in there. I didn't mean you? to step on in there at the end. That was uh, good stuff right there from Ron. Thank you very much. Well, I, well, I was, you know, making of the jokes. Oh. Uh, I, there are, I think you meant it. There are a lot of good breweries in the, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. That is, that is something that uh, I have experienced. All right. want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. They're looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero team, 801-833-3333. Uh, all right, Gordon. I, I think the Beavers are better. And I think I think Ron did a good job of uh, of explaining why. But this game comes back to me that I think Utah's defense, at very least, can slow down Oregon State, keep them in the in the twenties. Even if well, Oregon if they State do, has the Utes a, are going to win. And that's what this game just gets back to to me. I don't I don't see Oregon State putting up enough resistance mm-hmm. to hold the Utes in the twenties. Right. They should be in the thirties at least in this game. And so even if it's close, I think you're looking at a you know. 35-27 kind of game. You know what I mean? But, yeah. and, and I don't I, – I see them moving the ball against Utah, especially with that big receiver, but I, I don't see them dominating Utah offensively, not like what USC maybe did. Yeah, Ron was, uh, was pretty honest about that, I thought, that Oregon State's defense is going to struggle against Andy Ludwig's offense. And <laughs> going the other way. We'll see, because that quarterback's pretty darn good, and that receiver. And they, they do have a, a couple of running backs, but against Utah's defense, I would be surprised if uh, those guys get pushed around. I would, too. And not to say I think they're, they're going to be perfect, and, and I don't think they need to be. But I don't see, and this is kind of feels weird talking about this kind of game about the Utes from the other perspective, right? Okay. I, don't see, I don't see the Beavers scoring enough to keep up with Utah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Completely, although they do have some capacity to do to do some damage. Well, that Isaiah Hodgins is yeah. he's the real deal. Uh-huh. I mean, I would I would guess that Jalen Johnson spends most of the day uh, over with him, probably bracket with the safety a little bit. I would guess just because the 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 statistics have been so one sided. He has. Um, uh, Gordon, he has 43 catches, as I mentioned, nine touchdowns. The next uh, the next highest receiver, guess how many catches they have? How many? 13. Yeah, well, I'd say that's so, uh, out of balance. So you know where he's going. Yeah, except the Utes knew a little something about Michael Pittman, too, didn't they? Yeah, but they had two other studs that you had to pay attention to. Well, Oregon State has some running backs that will need to be attended to as well. I think that plays right into Utah's hands, though. I mean, that's, look, that's what they're built to I'm stop the run. I'm not suggesting that the Beavers are going to win this game. Uh, but I am suggesting that the Utes have to take it seriously. They have to go up there, do their business, get it done the way they're capable of doing. But if they start, if something weird happens, and you know Kyle always talks about turnovers, if the Utes get sloppy with the ball on offense, then then they could get hurt. Uh, point is, they gotta focus, gotta dial in, and then they'll get the W. I do know that Utah's defense is a lot better than UCLA's defense, so because they yeah, they think? put up points on the Bruins, but they're not gonna uh, yeah. they're not gonna do that to Utah. I I certainly wouldn't think so. Although there is a slight advantage playing at home, but I mean. Utah's run game is good enough with or without Zach Moss that they're going to run all over this team. And and Tyler Huntley, if he continues to, to be accurate and make the correct reads, I don't see any reason why Utah doesn't move the, the ball up and down the field all night long. Everything that we said about the balance in Oregon State's offense is true of Utah's offense as well. They can hurt you either way. And a big, big part of that is the fact that Tyler Huntley is playing the best football probably he's ever played. And the receivers, and I've been hard on the receivers, you know, Gordon. Against Washington State, the receivers made yeah. plays for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not just yards after catch, but making some nice catches and adjusting the balls and, and did a really great job for him. So, yeah, without Britton Covey because he's Richard. And so, yeah. Well, they've got, you know, we're seeing some of those guys we've heard so much about for a couple of years now, you know, step up and make it happen. Solomon Enos, I think, has the potential to be really good. He's just a sophomore. He went out there and made some plays. Brian Thompson, we've been hearing so yeah. much about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samson Nakua did yes, a good job stepping did. up. So, he had like five catches in that game, some six, something like that. I think like it was that. five mm-hmm. and had the touchdown. So, you know, if his receivers continue to do him favors. You know, heard hands breaking it down today. Oregon State has a couple of pretty good linebackers, but that's about it on that defense. So that's not enough. Well, you certainly would expect Andy Ludwig to be able to scheme those linebackers mm-hmm. from doing too much damage. But they do get a lot of tackles for loss. They do get into the opponent's backfield. Utah's offensive line is going to have to perform. I'm with you. This is not one of those layup games per se. You could be Utah could lose to Oregon yes. State. That is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas not maybe, likely, maybe a couple of years ago, I I wouldn't have said that was a possibility. I do think this program is in a little bit better shape than it was two years ago. See, I think programs that are on the move like that, I think it's a fascinating study, don't you? I mean, how how does a coach go in there and do that? Ron said that uh, Smith knows uh, knows the town, knows the school, knows uh, the ins and the outs, the nuances, but I I still find it just intriguing. How a guy can go in and make a difference. 
Well, he found it. It's going to take some more time before they're really competitive in the conference. But well, if you've if you've got a couple of players to build around, that really helps. And it looks like this uh, Jacob Luton mm-hmm. is is pretty darn good. We mentioned the receiver, and uh, you talked about the two running backs uh, that are that are pretty good. And that's a that's a start. That's something you can build around. And since he's an offensive guy, not a surprise that that would come before the defense. But if they if they truly are going to turn the corner, they're probably going to have to find a little bit more bite on defense at some point. Did I hear Ron suggest or at least hint that this quarterback could be better than Sean Mannion? Well, he said he's a little more mobile than Sean Mannion. Did <laughs> okay. he? Did he hint that he could be better than Sean Mannion? Because that that that's a pretty steep yes. standard. Yeah, yeah. He was good, Sean he was. Mannion. He beat the Utes that one year, didn't he? Well, I think he beat the Cougars the same year. Huh. Maybe it was different years, but Mannion had one good. down in Provo where he yeah. was really good too. Mm-hmm. All right, more straight ahead. Ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The zone.